right, and welcome, Hoosier fans, to another off-season edition of the Assembly Call for the first time in a while. Not an emergency edition of the Assembly Call, as at least as of yet, as of me recording this, there is no breaking news uh, to report and do a live show for. Except, well, there is this one bit of breaking news, which is that Tamar Bates, Indiana's recent commit, uh, uh, will be a freshman incoming this season, is all the way up to number 23 in the latest ESPN rankings. So this is a guy who was around like 100 and has now jumped all the way to 23, which is right at that kind of five-star, four-star cutoff. If you weren't excited enough yet about him coming to Bloomington, this is just even more reason because his 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 recruiting stock is you know on an upward trajectory about as as much as anybody's so this is a guy who's really kind of moving up people think really highly of him i think he's going to play a lot of minutes as a freshman we'll see you know it's a freshman you don't want to put too many expectations on him uh but he's a guy that projects to do pretty well and that makes the guest for this special edition episode of the assembly call uh very appropriate because it is the guy who had a large hand in recruiting him to indiana as he has had a large hand in recruiting a lot of guys to indiana recently and a lot of really good players at all the stops where he has been a coach and that is kenya hunter really appreciate kenya uh giving 30 minutes of time earlier today you know 30 minutes of time is an interesting it's kind of an interesting amount you know it it's not quite enough to like you know build rapport and really go into depth on stuff but it's plenty to have a really good conversation. You know, I was prepping for it and putting all these questions together and I realized I had about three hours worth of questions. So had to, had to kind of pare them down. Um, you know, but really tried to think about, you know, what some questions are that, you know, that you guys would want to ask him, you know, stuff that we've talked about on the show that I've seen in comment sections, that type of stuff, you know, and so wanted to ask him some of those questions and he's, he's great, you know, really insightful, you know, gave some insight on, you know, on last year's team and, and what went wrong with last year's team, uh, you know, looking ahead to this year, the first year with Coach Woodson, you know, what, you know, makes Coach Woodson special as a coach that he's learned already, you know, why he thinks having a full summer is going to be so important for this team in particular. Uh, of course, we talk about his tweet from the other day, uh, which I labeled as the greatest tweet in IU basketball history. He couldn't, that, it, that was obviously about Tamar Bates. You know, if you didn't see it, it was this tweet where it was really simple. It was the eyes emoji, uh, a fire, and then a winky face. And then it's got the 50 Cent gif where 50 Cent is like he stopped at a stoplight and kind of looking out the the driver's side window. And then all of a sudden he like drives off with this big smile on his face. And so obviously it was in reference to, you know, it's Indiana landing Tamar Bates. Now, coaches can't talk about players until they're actually signed. So Tamar Bates and also Miller Cop from Northwestern, those guys are both committed, but they're not signed. So he couldn't talk about those guys. I wasn't going to ask him about them, but I did ask him about the tweet. So we got kind of the behind the scenes uh, on that tweet. Talked a little bit about his time at Northwestern, because obviously he worked there with Michael Lewis and also noted Indiana basketball fan Tim Miles, who has a great story. If you didn't hear it when we interviewed him over on Podcast on the Brink, Tim Miles has a great story about how he once tried to break into Assembly Hall. <laughs> so we talked about that some. Uh, but, you know, a wide-ranging conversation, but hopefully it covers some of the topics that you guys uh, want to hear from. But I just think it's great hearing from Kenya. You know, he is a guy who, you know, coached at UConn, uh, coached at Nebraska, uh, you know, coached at his alma mater, Duquesne, coached at Georgetown, 
was obviously, you know, built a reputation as a recruiter, but I think he sometimes gets a little bit miscast as just a recruiter. This is a guy, as we talk about, has been in charge of the defense at pretty much every stop he's had. Now, what his responsibilities will be, how that's going to shake out with the new staff, he doesn't know yet. We don't know yet. But he is a well-respected defensive coach. And so, you know, a lot has been talked about, hey, you know, Dane Fife's here to manage the defense while Coach Woodson does the offense. Let's slow down just a minute on that. You know, we've got two guys in Fife and, and Kenya Hunter who were excellent defensive players. You know, Fife is known as the all-time steals leader at IU. Kenya Hunter, you know, he played at Duquesne from 92 to 96, averaged more than two steals a game. That's a lot of steals. That shows you a guy who's playing hard on defense, who's active on defense, a smart defensive player. So, you know, I, I you know, of all the things I've been impressed with over the offseason as I've kind of dug in and learned more, I think I'm as impressed with Kenya Hunter as anything. And I know that there's a lot of talk about Dane Fife being coach and waiting. You know, I don't think that that title has ever been officially bestowed or anything. Um, and Coach Woodson hasn't even coached a game yet. All I want to say about that is I would slow down just a little bit on just thinking Dane Fife is the only guy on the current staff who could make a great head coach and would be the obvious choice. I think Kenya Hunter is going to be an awesome head coach somewhere. Hopefully we're lucky enough to have him for as long as Mike Woodson is here to where that could be a conversation once Mike Woodson leaves. Cause I think at some point, um, you know, if not soon, then some point in the future, he's going to be running his own program and doing a great job with it. You know, this is a guy who you listen to him talk and his philosophy. So much of it comes back to relationships. You know, the reason why Indiana got Xavier Johnson, this is a guy he recruited at Nebraska, you know, built a relationship with him, built a relationship with his father. You know, Xavier Johnson commits elsewhere. He's at Pittsburgh. You know, Kenya Hunter is at UConn, different places. But the relationship maintained. And so when Xavier Johnson was going to transfer, Kenya Hunter was able to have that trust immediately and bring a kid who has never even been to Bloomington to come here because they have that relationship. And so much about coaching is relationships. And so much about coaching moving forward, even more than it's been in the past, is going to be about relationships. Because as he talks about, you know, you're constantly recruiting your own team now with the new transfer portal rules. And culture is going to make such a big difference because you've got to create something players want to be a part of, or they're going to constantly be looking elsewhere, you know, trying to see if the grass is greener on the other side. And I think Kenya is a guy who really understands that just viscerally. It's just how he is. He's a relationship guy. And I think the people who are relationship guys at their heart are really going to succeed in the future of college basketball. So I'm ecstatic that he is back. He's such a great asset for the program. I think he's going to be such a huge part of what Mike Woodson is building. So I just really enjoyed the 30 minutes I got to speak with him. I think that you'll enjoy it too. Uh, so that is coming up here in just a minute. The only thing I want to tell you about before we do that, I sent an email out to our subscribers on Monday about our private discussion community, which you can learn more about at assemblycall.com slash community. The reason I want to tell you about it right now on Wednesday, April 21st, depending on when you listen to this, is that we are getting ready to raise the price for the community. So right now it's $2.99 a month to join or $24.99 annually. Definitely hop on that annual price because it's like a 50% discount. I don't think I did the math quite right <laughs> when I was setting it up. Um, but hop on that because we're going to raise the price on Friday. It's going to go up to $5.99 a month or $49.99 a year. The reason why we're raising it is you know, our costs of managing the community are going up. We're investing a lot more time in it to deliver a better experience there. And so we're going to raise the price to reflect that. The community is now two years old. It has over 1,000 members in it. Um, so I think it's ready for that. You know, The reason why it's a paid community... 
obviously number one is to offset some of those costs, you know, both of the software and just our time to run it. But even more important than that is we are committed to making that a place where it's knowledgeable, insightful, supportive conversation and discourse about the program, a place that any parent, any coach would go into and say, okay, I may disagree with analysis here, there, but these are fans that really care about the program and want the program to do well. That's the ethos of this community. And if that sounds like something you want to be a part of, then I want you to join it. And it's assemblycall.com slash community. That's where you go to learn more and sign up. It's a quick process. You know, if you just don't want the annoyance and the toxicity that you get on social media and other places, I think this can kind of be an oasis uh, that, that gets you out of some of that. And so, you know, we've got a lot of fun things going on there. Steve Green and Brian Evans are going to be doing uh, some AMAs, some Ask Me Anything events coming up. You know, Coach Tonsoni does his coaches' corners in there. And it's, you know, and I try to curate discussion with poll questions and different things. And I post some analysis there that I don't post anywhere else. I mean, it's just a fun place to talk about IU basketball, other IU sports, and to connect. You know, I feel like the most important part of part about a community is people connecting with each other. We do virtual happy hours. We get together. It's a real community. That's what we want it to be. Um, and so if that, if everything I just described sounds like something that you want to be a part of, go to assemblycall.com slash community, join us because the price is as good as it's going to be right now. And you'll lock that price in forever because then on Friday, uh, April 23rd, we're going to raise it. Um, so anyway, go check it out. Assemblycall.com slash community. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and without further ado, here now is my interview with Kenya Hunter. There you go. I got you. How you doing? Yeah. I'm doing well. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. A little mo- morning yoga with the team. Ooh, very nice. Yoga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, very nice. You guys it. must be feeling good. Do you get out there and do it with them? I did this morning. It's the first time. So, uh, it was a small group at nine o'clock and then a bigger group at 10. Yeah. So Rob Rob Fennessy and Chill and uh Coach Yashir was in the first group. We went early. We went nice. early. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Man, I'm a I'm a few years removed. I had a pretty serious yoga regimen going on back before my Yeah, back before my daughter <laughs> was born. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. No, this this was this was a good like six, seven years ago. And uh, okay. you know, back when I was single and had all the time in the world. And uh, but man, I felt great, you know. I need to get back to it. <laughs> you know what? It it relaxes the mind, you know. And it does. Uh, I used to do it uh when I was actually at Yukon, I did it a lot. I did the hot yoga. Yeah. So I got into hot yoga and uh, I would go at least uh, twice a week. And I actually was the best I felt. But then, you know, you get busy in the season. And this was like before the season gets started. And yeah, you're not allowed to do that. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It gets hard, man. It does. Well, hey, I I just thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. No problem. Um, You know, we've been doing our show now for about 10 years. We do a post game show and then we do a show every Thursday night. Um, okay. you know, and, and things have really grown, but, but my one kind of regret about it is I live in Dallas, Texas. And so, wow. you know, I, I never, I don't really get the chance to, you know, to kind of see the coaches face to face, see the players face to face. And it's kind of one of those things yeah. I feel like when you're analyzing somebody, it's good to be able to talk to them face to face and kind of have that yeah. accountability. So, so yeah, I appreciate yeah, the yeah. opportunity to talk to you. No, no problem. I'm glad I can be on, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, yeah. so, so let me start out with this. 
How does it feel to have sent the greatest tweet in IU basketball history? Uh, I know, I know, I know you can't talk about the particulars of what inspired it, but just the tweet itself was uh, was awesome. You, you know what? It, it's crazy that you say that, and I, honestly, uh, you know, I was surprised that that you know things happened the way it did, and uh, I'm I'm thinking late at night to myself. I was like, I got it. I normally don't tweet at all, so. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was it was due time for it. And, uh, you know, I, it, it just popped in my mind. And then actually who helped me was uh, Brian Walsh. Did he? Uh, with the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the finishing touches on it. So I got the, the, the gift and he put the finishing touches on it. And uh, I believe me, I didn't know it was going to explode like it did. I was my phone kept going off. I was like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> I think it was brilliant because so, the best tweets yeah. are like that, where they don't specifically say what they're about. But it's like right. because the timing, everybody kind of knows. And it's just, OK, here we yeah, go. Yeah. Here we go. Here we, so go. It was, uh... here we go. But, you know, I I think uh, I think the reaction to that tweet, though, does kind of speak to the enthusiasm around the program Mm -hmm. right now. Are you are you able to get a sense of that? I mean, being in Bloomington, obviously, there aren't games. You're not interacting with fans. But are you getting a sense of how enthusiastic people are? Yeah, a little bit. And uh, just with the response of, you know, what we've done in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, it it starts with the head coach Woodson, man. He's he's done a heck of a job uh, as far as setting the tone. Uh, especially in the recruiting, uh, when we get on with Zoom uh, Zoom calls with recruits, he, he's doing an unbelievable job of, you know, just telling them how we're going to play and what's it going to be about, you know, here at Indiana program. And a guy that's, you know, uh, blood, sweat, and tears who's gone through it, you know, can it speaks volumes because, um, you know, he's kind of like laying the pathway because he's done it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, uh, no, he, he, he's been killing it, man. He's been killing it. Yeah. No, all, all you guys have. And I know, yeah. you know, I, I'm certainly excited that, that you're still a part of it. You know, when, when mm-hmm. the announcement was made that Scott Dolson was going in a new direction, you know, my mm-hmm. first thought in those situations is always, I always think about the assistant coaches. Cause my dad was an assistant football coach at IU in the eighties. And so, right. so I kind of grew up on that side of it, you know, and kind of seeing mm-hmm. how the wins and losses and the job changes affect the families, um, right. you know, and knowing right. that you had just moved your family here. How much of a relief just is it for you and your wife and your kids to, you know, to, to have been able to stay on and not not have to, you know, kind of move again after you just <laughs> I'll, moved? I'll root myself again. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very exciting, man. I can't even explain uh, um, just how excited I am just to be able to stay here. I've, I've always thought that, you know, uh, this place had a lot of potential, you know, from being in a big 10 before and coming here, uh, and seeing how electric the crowd is. Um, so I, I really didn't get a chance to experience that. And so, you know, when Scott Dolson, you know, asked me to stay on with the transition team, uh, and then continue to stay in contact with me. I felt pretty confident um, that, you know, they, they wanted me to be here and be a part of the program still. So that was a great feeling. And, um, you know, obviously um, when they hired Coach Woodson, it was just like, like I told, you know, previous people that I've talked to, it was like, it was just like, you know, the conversations we had for two days were unreal. And um, I, I, um, elated that he afforded me the opportunity to stay here. Yeah. Now you, when you were at Nebraska, was Michael mm-hmm. Lewis at Nebraska then too? 
Yeah, he actually, uh, we we worked together for one year. And okay. then I ended up going to UConn the following year. So Okay. And that uh, was obviously yeah. under Tim Miles. Yes. Yes. Who and so I so I, I got a chance to interview Tim Miles for a podcast a couple of years ago, and I had no mm-hmm. idea about the love he has for Indiana basketball. Oh, he, man. I, yeah. I don't know if you guys did. You guys ever get a chance to talk about like he's got this story about how we tried to break into Assembly Hall one time. So I'm, I'm curious if you guys <laughs> talked about that or if he, if those guys gave you any advice for what it was going to be like being at IU. Yeah, no. Well, Miles, that, that story is crazy. He kept uh, pulling on the doors until one of them he was able to pop open. Yeah. So o- only Tim Miles, man. Uh, I love that guy. Uh, he actually uh, he's a good coach, and I'm glad he's uh, back up at you know, San Jose State. And um, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty sure he'll get that program turned around. But yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable. It's seminal. I can't wait. You know, hopefully uh, this season we'll have fans and see how electric the crowd can can get. Yeah. Have you? You know, that was one of the things I was thinking about as I was preparing for this. Have you thought about what that moment is going to be like when you get to for that first game of Coach Woodson's tenure at Assembly Hall? Because obviously, you guys didn't get it last year, and it is. No. I mean, it is going to be with the enthusiasm of the fans. It's going to be nuts. Have you you thought about that and what that's going to be like? I I haven't. I'm trying to wait, you know, uh, as far for the season right now. Um, But I I can only imagine just thinking about it. I just know there's going to be a lot of excitement surrounding the program. And, you know, hopefully we do our part and, and take care of home. That's one of the things that you know, Coach Woodson has already told the guys is like, we got to take care of our home. You know, that the yeah. goal is to go undefeated at home. You got the crowd and sure we're ready to go every time we take the court here. Absolutely. So, yeah. look, you know, I don't, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time looking back, but there is one mm-hmm. question that I have that you're kind of uniquely positioned to answer because you were obviously here last year. You're here now. You know, at, at Coach Woodson's press conference, when Scott Dolson introduced him, you know, he said that he had had a conversation with some of the current players about, you know, what they were looking for in a new coach or, or a new leadership. Mm-hmm. And they kind of mm-hmm. listed three things, you know, more relationships, more development, and kind of a more wide open offense. And I think, right. you know, number three was kind of obvious with some of the offensive struggles, you know, that the team had last year. But I was really curious about one and two, you know, the relationship and the development part. What, did, how did you, what was your reaction, I guess, when you, when you heard that? And what do you think might have led the players to, to say that those are the things that they were looking for? Well, in a program, obviously, the players want to get better. And I, I think from year to year, uh, under Archer's tenure, I, I, you know, you've seen improvement with some players. A guy like Ahmad, who struggled the, the first year. Um, going into his second year, was able to average 14, 15 points a game and become that, you know, second leading scorer. Uh, Ray Thompson as well, you know, his development. So um, the development is, you know, in the system, you know what I'm saying? And and obviously those guys, you know, the the system that Coach Miller had, you know, um, the guys, it, it wasn't more wide open, uh, what Coach Woodson is talking about, but it was a system that the guys – um, you know, continue to try to get better and develop it. And, you know, um, our biggest issue was, you know, let's just call it spade a spade. It was the shooting, you know, and, yeah. and guys being able to make shots. And, you know, uh, it, it takes time, man. I don't know, you know, we, I can tell you this. I know um, that this from August until, you know, March, 
we worked on shooting. We spent a lot of time on shooting. It, it's just, you know, some guys, um, you know, in, in games, it's a little different. The pressures are higher, but it, it, it wasn't the normal um, college season as well. I mean, empty yeah. gyms and you have to bring your own energy um, with the team. And it, it was difficult circumstances for this year. Um, but I, I think, you know, with Coach Woodson, the style of play that he's trying to implement, uh, I think it's going to be one that the guys are, are excited about because we are going to uh, push it in transition. We want to play f- uh, faster. Um, but also, you know, play, it's not going to be fast where you're just going up the court and jacking up shots. It's, you know, who can give paint, uh, who can spray it out and getting guys, you know, confident and making a three-point shot because if you can draw two and, and get two on you, uh, our guy's going to be open where he can shoot a toe-to-the-line, step in three, and hopefully be better at making those, you know. And yeah. uh, I think by, you know, Trace being back as well, uh, surrounding him, you know, with, with guys that can, you know, make plays not only for themselves but help him get easier baskets, you know. Um, that that's going to be, you know, interesting to see. We're, we'll probably move Trace around um, a lot, you know, this, this season. So I'm excited about it. But and, and then the other part of it is that, you know, it wasn't a normal summer last year. Like this summer, uh, this is the time when we work on the individual game. So when you get to, you know, September again, uh, guys in the team setting, they're better, you know what I'm saying, with the shooting, the ball handling, decision-making. So right. they lost the summer because of, you know, just the COVID and, and the circumstances we had last year. So uh, hopefully it'll be better, you know, with an older group. Yeah. yeah that was mentioned- a long-winded question, uh, answer right there. Well, it, was a, it was a long-winded question, too. So <laughs> <laughs> No, it was, a, it was a great answer. You know, you mentioned the shooting. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously that's something that, that we all hope improves. And I think in an ideal program, you recruit good shooters and you develop them to be even better. But right. if you had to pick one of those that's more important, do you think one is more important than the other? And if so, which one would it be? I would say get better shooters. <laughs> get better shooters. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I also think, you know, percentage-wise, like I said, you know, you look at, you know, I use Oman just because, you know, his percentages really went up from his freshman year to his sophomore year uh, yeah. from the three-point field goal percentage. So, um, you know, a year older, more confident, you know, in making those shots um, and, you know, just just being more confident. I, I think Rob Fennessy is a better shooter than what he displayed this past season. And I think, you know, um, with a new environment surrounding, I, I think he, he'll make some shots. He had a couple games where – you know, early on, he was able to make threes. And mm-hmm. um, I can remember, you know, the tournament we played in in Asheville, you know, he made two huge threes down the stretch against Stanford, you know. So, um, you know, just getting more and more confident and, um, you know, and getting more repetition, like getting more reps out there. Um, when you put the time and the work in, uh, you're going to have bad shooting games. Hopefully, you know, you're able to break out of it here and there, you know, so – you know, Rob's an interesting one. He's he's one of the most interesting shooters I've seen at Indiana. What I mean by that is, like, it seems like when the pressure is the highest and the shot is the biggest, you have confidence he's going to make it because he's done it so many times through his career, but then he struggles at other times. Mm-hmm. What do you think accounts for that? 
Um, you know, just like I said, I don't think it was a normal season this past year. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just having confidence in yourself. I mean, it was a pressure season. I mean, um, everyone knows that, you know, uh, getting to the tournament uh, was a huge thing. And I thought it was a lot of expectation surrounding that. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, you know, when it gets to those last couple of games and you're not performing well, everyone, the pressure gets to everyone, you know. Um, and so, you know, I, I just think that, you know, if they were able to go to the tournament the year before, before COVID happened, you know, they know uh, the expectation of getting there and, and, and what it takes. And they wasn't afforded that opportunity. And so now the pressure is even higher. So um, I, I just think that, you know, uh, in those situations, sometimes, um, you know, it, it's pressure for everyone. And, and, and we didn't we wasn't able to come through. But I think now, you know, feeling fresh with a new voice um, and mm. just, you know, Coach Woodson, the way he is and, and trying to instill confidence in these guys, you know, uh, I think. With Rob, I mean, he, he like I said, he he worked, you know, on, on his shot and, and getting his reps up, and I think he'll continue to do that. Um, but hopefully, you know, coming into this, this senior year, um, he's a guy that we can rely on to, to make big plays and make shots. You know, you mentioned that pressure. Is the majority mm-hmm. of that pressure internal, just, you know, the, the team and the players' own desire to do well and get to the tournament? Or how much of that pressure is external from fans and from people who host podcasts and stuff? Like, how much does that affect it as well? I I think it's both, you know, to be quite honest. I don't know which one's more. But I I think for the kids, uh, the fans, you know, the social media, uh, what you read, um, you know, uh, that can be damaging to your confidence. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know how to process it and, and, you know... um, I, you try to tell these kids, man, to stay off social media. I can imagine, you know, playing in this day and age, you know, um, when we played bad back in the day, you had to get up the next day and read any newspaper. But it's, you know, it's instant you know, feedback as far as your game and and, and the way uh, fans and everyone from the outside critiques you. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, I, again, if you're not built to process that, um, you know, that, that, that can, uh, that can lead for you having, you know, down times and you just got to be confident in your work that you've put in and don't listen to the outside noise. And, you know, I think it's, it's up to our, us coaches as well to instill that confidence in our guys. And so, um, yeah. I, I honestly, I think, you know, a year older, uh, going through it, I think guys are respond a little bit better this year. You know, and the thing with the noise and the social media stuff, I mean, the cat's kind of out of the bag with that. It's not it's not going to go away. The conversation will be there. If you like if you had the ability to just kind of talk to to fans who are on there and they want the team to do well, what advice would you give them for like what are ways to actually be supportive and helpful of the program with the stuff that you put online as opposed to maybe being a detriment? No, just we're with you. You know, do ups and downs. We're with you. We support you. But that that's, you know, if they had good Twitter and bad Twitter, man, you know, that's what they really need, you know. Um, but I would only look at the good Twitter side. I wouldn't look at the bad Twitter, you know. Um, but, you know, just, you know, like at the end, you know, you know, 
uh, when they struggle, we struggle making free throws. You know, it, it was, you know, let's call it what it is. I mean, our guys struggled down the stretch. It wasn't like we didn't practice, you know, shooting free throws and pressure shots and things like that. Um, but, you know, just understanding sometimes, you you know, it's, you know, just like when you're making shots, you know, when you're missing shots, that can, that can be contagious as well. And it was one of those things where we started missing free throws and, it really hurt us, but we, we have to be better. Those are pressure moments that we have to rise to the occasion and deliver. You know, that's what, you know, we all get paid for. That's what these guys have worked their behinds off to, to be at that point and have those moments and you got to be able to deliver. So, um, I, I, like I said, I, I know it was devastating for us last year, but I, I, I think those guys, you know, with their work and, you know, what they've gone through, hopefully, you know, they can be confident and, and, and be better. Artificial intelligence can be highly susceptible to bias. The potential for serious consequences is huge, especially when it comes to the AI increasingly used in police departments. We'll hear from a man wrongfully arrested due to facial recognition technology, a lawyer researching how dirty data has corrupted predictive policing algorithms, and a researcher who says de-biasing AI isn't enough. AI Nation, listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. I was listening to the interview that you did with Hoosier Hysterics uh, recently. I think you, you, did it, you did it last year. Um, my apologies for not giving you the six-minute intro uh, that, that Eric gave you. Um, <laughs> Eric is, oh, my goodness. He's something special, man. <laughs> yeah, he, I can't wait to meet him in person. He is something yeah. special. Um, ho- hopefully he's shaved by the time you meet him. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but, but you said something interesting there. Uh, well, you said a lot of interesting things in that interview, but one of them that stood out to me was that, you know, at a lot of your previous stops, you've been in charge of the defense. You know, that's kind of been what you've done. You've done a lot of work with defense. Do you know, uh, you know, with Coach Woodson and kind of with this new group of coaches, uh, what your responsibilities will be, how that'll be divvied up, if there will be kind of one assistant with defense, one in offense? Have you guys had those conversations yeah. yet? We we haven't, um, but I, I tell you what, man, I'm excited about our staff, you know, what, yeah. what Coach Woodson has put together, you know, um, having Dane Fife. Um, Yashir Roseman, who I, I've, I've known, uh, I've seen him from afar, but I know his work and his worth. Uh, and then having Thad Mata here, who I've known for a, a very long time, um, it, it's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, we kept some continuity with uh, Ben Sanders and Brian Walsh, and those guys have really um, have been unbelievable uh, with the transition for everyone on the staff. And so, um, I'm excited. I'm excited about, you know, just the opportunity. But to answer your question, we haven't gone in the strategies of who's doing what. But, you know, Coach Woodson already said that, you know, um, when we talk to our guys, it's, it's like he's saying it as well. You know, uh, mm-hmm. he, he wants us to be, you know, an extension of him. And, 
you know, he's going to allow us to coach. And, you know, that's all you can ask for is have a, you know, impact and have a voice on the, in the program. Yeah. You know? It, you know, you laid it out. I mean, the staff on paper is unbelievable. I mean, the just mm-hmm. the credentials of everybody that's there. It, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, when you get a team w- with a bunch of new players, you know, you talk a lot about how important it's going to be for them to gel and how much time it'll take for them to gel. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of one of my questions now with the staff is it is great with everything you guys have done. What is the process going to be like for building the relationships and the trust that you guys will need, you know, to kind of be able to work together? And how how quickly can you can you do something like that when you guys haven't, you know, kind of been through the fires together yet? Yeah, I, I think we have a lot of experience and, and understanding that everyone has their role. Um, and, you know, uh, just because you have an opinion on something that that's, you know, you can't take it an offense if it's not used. Like, I, I think we've all been a part of winning programs and understand that and being responsible um, enough to make sure that everything is, is working in order. And at the end of the day, we're trying to do the best thing to put coach Woodson in the best situation where he doesn't have to worry too much about, you know, just the coach, you know, to be quite honest. And that's what assistants are before. And, um, you know, and building that uh, chemistry with our players as well. Uh, we have a lot of guys that, you know, again, getting on a court and building sweat equity with the guys. It build, helps build that relationship and confidence in our staff. And, you know, that's what we, we've done over the last couple of weeks of, of getting in the gym with our guys and, you know, with our staff, there's everyone understanding that, you know, it's a responsibility to make sure that we're leading this program uh, in the right direction and, and being better. You know, it's not about us. It's about Indiana, you know, at the end of the day, and we have to be better. Mm-hmm. Both you and Dane have talked about, you know, the importance of recruiting to the head coach, you know, making sure mm-hmm. that you're recruiting players that are going to be a good fit for him. What is that process like of learning how a player is going to fit with the head coach? And how long do you think that process takes to, to feel comfortable with it? Well, I, knowing Coach Wilson in a short period of time, I know defense is important. Uh, and I think the guys that we've recruited up to this point, uh, they have that mentality. And, you know, I think they're going to bring value uh, in those areas. And the, the the other thing is, you know, um, having a voice like m- the more we can get the players when it's a player led team instead of coaches led. Um, that's when you have an opportunity to, to be a good team, you know, and them using their voice and patrolling each other to be accountable, you know, to maintain what we're trying to get out. Of, you know, just to work out and staying positive with one another. Um, but that's, you know, we want our guys to patrol themselves um, and, and be a player-led team instead of a coaches-led team. And that's when you you got a chance to be special, you know. Yeah. Um, so it starts with us, though, and, and making sure the attention to detail about little things are important. And, um, you know, that's, that's what we're going to, you know, try to enforce. Speaking of Coach Woodson, one of the things people talked about when he was hired is like, man, that guy played in the seventies. You know, the early, you know, no one, no one remembers Coach Woodson's playing days. You know, you know, mm-hmm. current players, which is true. You know, they probably don't know who Mike Woodson is off the top of their head. But he's got an incredible story with his time at Indiana, the injury, coming back, winning Big Ten MVP, only playing six games. 
when he tells that story, how much will that resonate with guys that are being recruited to Indiana or guys that are playing at Indiana? Because he has been there before. Is that is that going to matter? Yeah, I, I think so. Like I said, his blood, sweat, and tears are here. You know, he knows what it's about. Um, you know, some of the things that he, he, as far as he's trying to implement here, is the stuff he's learned when when Bob Knight was coaching him. So, you know, I I, I believe me, uh, I think that. The guys are going to understand he knows ball. You know what I'm saying? Like he, you know, coached at the highest level. Most of these guys, the respect level right there, um, you know, because he's coached in the NBA where most of these guys want to get to. Um, so there, there's a, a level of respect automatically from the get, you know. Um, but I just think that his knowledge and once guys continue to get com- comfortable with, you know, the system that he's instilling, like, they they they're gonna they're gonna give him that respect because they're gonna know that you know he's a no BS guy you know especially on the defensive end and offensively playing together you know and that's that's what the, what he wants um, so uh, I think no they they respect him yeah and if we have to we get the old film out and show him, you know? <laughs> that's right that's right because so, what he said he could shoot it back in the day man yeah <laughs> he sure could yeah. he sure could Kenya, i know we only have a few minutes left and i want to be respectful of your time so i want to want to end on a couple questions i could talk iu basketball with you all day um <laughs> but i want to end with okay. a couple questions you know one you know obviously you know you're known as a guy who's been a really successful recruiter and i'm mm-hmm. curious how recruiting has changed in the time that, that you've been doing it over the past you know 18 to 20 years that you've been recruiting high school players how's it changed uh, just because of this, the transfer portal. I mean, like, you know, guys want instant gratification, you know, and, you know, it's, you, sometimes you got to go through things to get to where you really want to get to the end goal, you know, and they've made it easier for players now that, you know, if it's not working one way, I just leave. And that's not always good, you know? Yeah. Um, so just, you know, I, I'm big on relationships. I've said that from day one in recruiting, and uh, I think that's important. And I'll, I'll stay true to that. Um, if you build a, a good enough relationship with the families and the kids, they trust in you. Uh, and through the hard times and the difficult times that they go through, um, they'll, they'll stick with you. And I, I think that's the constant communication level that you have to have in, in order to build that relationship. And and so, yes, it's changed, but I'm not going to change with what's important in my values of recruiting good kids um, that are respectful. But, you know, at the same time, you know, have that mentality uh, where, you know, it's not always going to be, you know, a good time at the situation that you're in and, you know, just being there for them and seeing them grow. That's That's the biggest thing, you know, from year to year, you want to see growth. Yeah. Uh, and, and the individual players. So um, that that's what I'm big on. And yes, it's changed because of the transfer portal. And you you got to recruit your, your own t- more than recruiting other recruits, you know, just to make yeah. sure that there's understanding and, you know, where they fit in. Um, that That's where recruiting, yeah, I think, has changed. But I'm not going to get in, in case program. Yeah. All right. Well, last question for you, Kenya. I want to go back to something that you you talked about earlier with the importance of the summer, you know, and how the guys Mm -hmm. didn't have a normal summer last year. 
and I'm sure all the guys are going to benefit from it, but is there any player or a couple players in particular you think are really going to benefit this year from having a normal summer and might be in line to take the biggest leaps? Um, I, you know what? Because we're having so many new guys come in, I think all of them. I mean, our, our, our uh, timeline is to, to get all the guys in, hopefully by June 7th. They get a, a couple weeks off in May. Uh, but, you know, once they get back in June, uh, that's when it's really going to start. We're building the chemistry and camaraderie of the team. And uh, we're going to have a good eight weeks to do that. Um, and, and so um, that's the time where, you know, we'll see some growth in some guys, uh, just getting them back. But, you know, those, the freshmen that we had last year and, and having them back, you know, they'll be, you know, they'll work and, and get better. And, you know, hopefully one or two of those guys can, you know, um, see themselves moving in the right direction and getting gaining a lot of confidence from having a, a total summer with lifting and conditioning and, you know, skill development, you know. So uh, I, I can't point to any particular player, but I think having all our guys here uh, in June is going to help the process. Even better. All of them. That's, that's yeah, what we want to hear anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All of them. Kenya, I really appreciate the time today. Great to talk with you. Um, and uh, good Dallas, luck with it. man. You got to get you out of Dallas, man. I, believe me. <laughs> believe me. I, I moved here, though, you know, married a girl, had a kid, and now, you know, kind of kind of stuck here for a little while. But I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Boy or girl, where you at? Uh, I have a four-year-old girl, and then we just had a boy. So we have a month-old boy. Ooh. Yeah, mm-hmm. keep it right there. Keep it right there. Don't don't <laughs> don't get outnumbered. I tell people all the time I, I have two as well. I'm not getting outnumbered. I'm done. So uh yes. yeah, no. No, we're That's done. We we prefer girl, man to man. No, yeah, no yeah, zone yeah. defenses here. No zone defenses. No, <laughs> exactly right. So keep it there. No, but it, it was good. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Thank you, Kenya. Really appreciate yep. it. All right. Have a good one. All right, all right. you too. Bye. Take care. All right. The great Kenya Hunter, ladies and gentlemen. Um, boy, I really appreciate him taking the time to uh to talk with us. You know, it's one of those you get the opportunity to uh to talk with a guy like Kenya and you know, you start kind of preparing and writing down questions and you realize, oh boy, I've got enough questions for a three hour interview, but we only have thirty minutes. Um, but thirty really good minutes. Hopefully, you know, we'll be able to have him on again in the future. Uh, a lot of good insight there uh, from Kenya. And I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm so impressed. And he, you know, outlined, you know, with the staff, just the credentials that this staff has and all the basketball that they've seen together, you know, as long as they, you know, build relate, you know, the relationships together and get on the same page, it's hard to have anything but a ton of confidence in what they can do, uh, you know, in large part, because they're already demonstrating it with, the guys that they've brought back who put their name in the transfer portal, the recruits that they've already gotten. He obviously could not talk about Tamar Bates and Miller Cop, so I didn't want to ask him about those guys because those guys are committed, uh, but they are not uh, uh, you know, officially signed yet, so he can't talk about them. And he's talked at length about Xavier, Xavier Johnson, so I didn't want to use the time that we had you know, to, to kind of spend more time talking about him. But he has really high hopes for, for Xavier Johnson. You know, talked about that at his media availability. So... Anyway, uh, great stuff there from Kenya. Really appreciate him taking the time. Really looking forward to seeing what he and the staff can do with this team. Because as this offseason goes on, I think I speak for or everybody listening to this, that there's a lot of enthusiasm. And we needed this shot in the arm because things did not feel good at the end of last season. And uh, 
boy, I think he's going to be that moment when he and the team and coach Woodson walk out for the first game, who knows who it's going to be. It might be against Mississippi Valley state or somebody heck the first exhibition game. I just have a feeling there's going to be so much enthusiasm because you could feel it the last couple of years. There was so much pent up enthusiasm for the team, for the program. And I just feel, you know, it needed some hope to latch onto. And now there's hope and there's even some offseason results to latch onto that I think when the team actually takes the floor, that combined with the fact that no one could go to games last year and there'll be that enthusiasm, I think Assembly Hall, Assembly Hall is just going to be unbelievable. So, you know, for a guy like Kenya who hasn't gotten a chance to experience that yet as an IU coach, I'm really excited for what that'll be like for him. So thank you for listening to this edition of the Assembly Call. We will talk to you guys Thursday night, tomorrow night. Ryan will be here. He'll be doing his scouting reports. Obviously, we haven't done scouting reports on Xavier Johnson, Tamar Bates, or Miller Cop yet because Ryan hasn't been around the last couple of weeks, but we're going to start those on Thursday. I don't know if he's going to do all of them in one episode or we'll space them out. I think he's going to start with Tamar Bates, but we'll just have to see. Uh, but we will be doing those and here on our regular schedule, Thursday night shows and as news breaks, you know, we'll try to go live. I can't imagine what other, <laughs> what other news there could be now that this, the... the uh, that the roster is filled, but we'll be here for you. So uh, have yourself a good Wednesday, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow night on AC Radio. And as we always say, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.